this weekend, one of my one of my friends asked me. He said, he said, Difa, do you think that next year there's a chance that that the Bruins are going to be like the Panthers of this year, where uh, you learn a hard lesson and you come back better than ever? And you know, <laughs> I was. It was kind of a tough question to answer because from a personnel standpoint, there's just so many unknowns of this team, and it's really tough to gauge like what a team can do in June. But I guess I guess I just kind of said I'll have to see what the roster is, but right now it's a big fat no. <laughs> I have no optimism in this Bruins team because you know what, guys, they just they didn't give us reason to be optimistic that they can turn it around. And by the way, Florida's having their own hands full right now to cap off their magical run. So Anyway, Bridget and Scott, hope you guys are doing well. But I thought that was a pretty interesting question just because it was kind of a, a a way to maybe spin a negative into a positive. And I think it's a question for Bruins fans to ask themselves this summer. Maybe maybe better days are ahead. But I didn't any- even know I didn't know people called you Difa. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like that's D-Y. where I want to start. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Scott, I will think of the same thing there. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, there's there's a couple of different variations of, of my last name that people use but um yeah it's only you guys it's only brian with you guys don't get any funny ideas huh mm, okay. i'm pretty sure even my teachers in high school called me difa so um and that's not a, a fabrication you're, like you're like, diva like, and scott's diva <laughs> yes exactly true. come on <laughs> that's spoken like a true diva um uh. anyway bridget scott how, how are your weekends before we dive into the hockey talk uh, they were great. It was great. So yeah, people watching on me. YouTube, here's my Manchester City Champions League winners on Saturday. Congrats! So that that made my weekend. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot. I don't know. Watched a uh, game four of the Stanley Cup Final, but yeah, it Brian. That's like that's an interesting question because it kind of dovetails with something that I was thinking that I mentioned to you guys off air is like the idea that if it were an option for the Bruins to, you know, like if you took the cap out, potential retirements out, like, would you run it back with this team? Or do you think they'd have to make significant changes um, just because of the first round exit, just because of the disappointment. And my take kind of on both of these is like, I would run it back if that were an option. It's not. We have covered at length all the salary cap stuff and we'll continue to. Um, And I do think if you look throughout history, teams that have these massive disappointments tend to bounce back pretty nicely. Like if you give them a chance, if you don't blow it up, the lightning in 2018, 19 gets swept by Columbus. They bounce back by winning the next two Stanley cups. The 95-96 Red Wings lost to the Avalanche in the Western Conference Finals after their historic season, bounced back, won the next two Stanley Cups. If you want to just keep it to Bruins history, the 70-71 team, you know, until this regular season was the best regular season Bruins team, set all kinds of records, lost to Ken Dryden and the Canadians in the first round, bounced back and won the Cup the next year. So, like, there's a lot of history that tells you that, yeah, teams do tend to learn from disappointments like this and it doesn't guarantee anything, but there's a bunch of these teams that have gone on to win a cup afterwards. Um, You know, unfortunately just straight running it back 
isn't an option for these Bruins. So yeah, I think there are guys on that team that are going to learn from it and grow and be better prepared next time, you know, they're in the playoffs or in the situation or, or whatever it is, but they just might not have the roster and the talent to be able to make a, a deeper run and, and win the cup the way some of those teams in the past have. I agree with Scott. I mean, when you think about the way that the roster was constructed, especially after the trade deadline, there there were there weren't really holes in the roster. The depth on the defense was incredible. Um, adding Bertuzzi made the offense more powerful. Even the Hathaway addition made them like on paper a a tougher team. Um, and you just look the, at the way things shook out. Um, as long as you don't see a drop off, a further drop off from. Bergeron, Krejci, or Felino, you know, the, the older guys on the team, um, and that that they don't become, you know, 80% of themselves, say, next season, or 80% of what they were last year. If they're going to stay at an equivalent um, health level uh, and skill level and, you know, NHL up to NHL speed, I think that I don't know why you wouldn't run it back. I mean, think about the, the goalie duo. Goalie duo was – one of the best we've ever seen. And, um, you know, the Bruins are in the position right now to, to offer Swayman a new contract because he's a restricted free agent. So, um, I, though I do believe he'll be coming back. That is a, another thing that's going on. And then we've talked about the Allmark. Should you trade Allmark to, to free up cap space? There's just so many other complicating things. But if you could do it, I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, and hope that the, like you said, Brian, that, the adversity that they faced and the, the bitter taste of losing in the first round, the way that they did, they could figure a few things out and avoid the same fate. I think it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely an interesting question. I think if you look at the Bruins and Scott, I know you mentioned the season in the seventies, but 2010, it was a different type of collapse, but I would say that entering the 2011 playoffs for the Bruins to being that team, in 2010, when the Flyers came back, was that the first time in NHL history that that happened? There was a one time prior. I think there time. was one time prior, maybe, maybe two. I think there are two prior because I think it's happened four times total okay. now. And King, Kings did it against the Sharks after a couple years later. The yeah. Flyers against the Bruins. Yeah. Well, in any event, like going into that playoff season, the year the Bruins won the cup that was a massive, massive black mark on on that group the year before and definitely a massive hurdle to get through in 2011. And and they had they were able to do it in poetic fashion too, like getting a, a rematch against the Flyers in the second round, going up three games to none, and then finally be able to, to finish the sweep. But um, as it pertains to that team, like I would argue that, would you say the Bruins ran that team back in 2011? Because it's interesting because I feel like Maybe 70% of the roster was the same. Maybe 75% of the roster was the same as 2011 from 2010. But but they added they, – that that group was kept together. But in many ways, they they, they changed the a lot of that team in 2011, like adding Nathan Horton, adding Gregory Campbell, adding Rich Peverly and Chris Kelly. The goaltending scenario was different in 2011. You went with Timmy Thomas over Tuka Rast from the year before. So I just – what it was a still team. the same duo, though. Like, I remember the year yeah. before in 2010, there was a lot of, like, back and forth between, okay, who's your number one? Like, they, like you said, they went back and forth with it, so. 
They did, but I guess what I'm saying is anytime there's, a, there's an epic collapse like there was in 2010, like there was this year, I just I just don't think you can run back. Even if you could, I still think you got to make changes because the group failed, and you can keep a lot of that group together if you're able to. But I think they, I think the Bruins, if they had if they had the cap flexibility to run it back, I'm not so sure I would. I I would sit there and say, you know what, we'll keep most of them together, but we got to make some changes here because if you run it back the same personnel, if you could, and you fail again. Well, then you have yourself to blame. So it's definitely an interesting question. It's not as it's not as uh, objective. I think it's more of a subjective question, but and it changes team to team. But I think change is needed if, if even if you couldn't keep everybody again. I I would put it this way though, like in the playoffs, we didn't get to really look consistently at the group that they had and the way that it should have been arranged right like there were games where Krejci was missing there were games that Bergeron was missing they had rearranged the first line to put Bertuzzi on it they had moved pieces all the way around where maybe they shouldn't have been they took Grizzlick out certain games like they didn't have enough consistency in the playoffs for us to really see what that potential could have been and on top of it you're dealing with a, a goalie that wasn't 100 percent so you can say what you want to say about them mishandling that this year but theoretically if we're talking when when everyone is healthy, they like we didn't see what that could look like yet. Yeah, and you know, so I guess like when I when I say run it back, like yeah, realistically, like I don't mean like the entire exact same roster, just because like that never happens with any team. So yeah, like, yeah, there would be some changes. I guess I mean more like the core. You know, I I wouldn't say like the top seven players on the roster or whatever. Like I wouldn't change that. Um, but yeah, th- there would always be changes around the edges and you're right. Like the, the Bruins from 2010, you know, that off season. Yeah. Nathan Horton was the big one. And then there was another big one in season when they trade away Blake Wheeler and get, um, you know, Kelly Peverly, like all that. So yeah, like th- there's always changes and those ones definitely helped them win the cop and, and go further than they had the year before um so like there would be some change somewhere but i absolutely like if they could would keep this core together and they depending on how you define the core like they can still potentially keep most of it like like if bergeron decides to return for cheap money then you know you can run back like most of this yeah you're gonna lose some free agents and you're gonna have to turn over, say, like your fourth line for sure. But you know, you can keep like a lot of this group together. And like, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to like start a war with with our afternoon show, but we've, you know, we've <laughs> we already started one. Yeah, we we've Before referenced we them. They they reference <laughs> Arcan talked about us on on Saturday. And by and, the way, we like everybody on that show. We were yeah. trying to, we we're just you know participating in the debate. <laughs> But like I'm just using them as an example, and like they're not alone of like wanting to change and like turn this page to the next era, and you know like okay, yeah, they understand. You know, if Bergeron wants to come back for two million, you kind of have to keep them. But like that, there, there almost seems to be like with them at least, like this sense of maybe there'd be like some relief if you know if he and Krejci do retire and you can finally start to like look at what the next era of Bruins hockey is going to be. And I just think like 
there's going to be a ton of time for that. <laughs> like we're going to see it at some point anyways. Um, but if Bergeron wants to come back, like, yeah, you try to make another run at it. And yes, your, your opening night roster is not going to be as strong as the roster that ended this year, but you're going to be a playoff team. And, you know, you see where you are come deadline time. You try to find a way to get hot towards the end of the season and, and go into the playoffs on a high note. Like as we've seen where you finish in the regular season really doesn't matter. It's kind of all about how you're playing once the playoffs get here. So um, yeah, I guess that's my long way of saying like, I don't think they need like huge changes because of the collapse and the idea of keeping most of this together, you know, as much as possible, I don't think is a bad plan. Like I, I think that, you know, given this group a shot to kind of redeem themselves is a pretty good plan because a lot of teams have done it. And, you know, I, I think like there's enough character in that room that like you can give these guys a chance to do it. And, they may very well respond uh, very positively. And one lesson that I've learned, I guess, this this postseason, and, 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 and you know, I think I've already – I knew it all along, but, you know, you still – in the moment, you still get deceived. Like, I, I've – there's a difference between a Stanley Cup roster on paper and, and, and a Stanley Cup team on the ice, and – of course, this past spring when the Bruins were assembling a dream team, it seemed like in the modern era, with given the hard cap and whatnot, like in the back of my mind, I was like, I was like, this this could blow up in their face. Like it's going to be a ton of expectations, and 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 they might lose. But in the, but I was like, this is screw it. Like I want to see all these unreal players in the same sweater for the Bruins in the same postseason. Like I know it might. They, I know that the chemistry hasn't had a chance to develop player one to player, you know, 23 from since the trade deadline. I knew there were some kinks to figure out, but I still thought they were good enough to, I knew they weren't playing fantastic going into the playoffs, but I thought they had enough talent and depth to kind of get through some of those early hiccups. And I was wrong, but like to your point, Scott, like the Bruins roster opening night next year will not be as good on paper as it was when they got eliminated in game seven. But the lesson I've learned is like, it doesn't need to be like how many times does the best roster win the cup or go to the finals? And it's like the Bruins I mean, roster, the abs, like the abs were pretty. Yeah. The, the abs last year. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. I, I would say the last couple of th- two, three years um, and maybe even this year with Vegas, right? Like, yes. Like, Tampa Bay for a couple of years in a row had the best roster undisputed. Uh, same with Colorado. I think the year uh, last year um, and Vegas outside of Boston had the deepest roster. I would say in the NHL this year and, and they're a game away from winning the cup. So yes, like there are examples of that happening, but, but more often than not, it's a team that just kind of goes on a run and, and has the right pieces in place, but the borderline players, they, they they can fluctuate and like the Bruins in 2019, their roster was not as good as their roster was this year on paper, but they were a game away from, from a Stanley cup. So like go, going into next year, if Bergeron comes back, I guess what I'm saying is like, you don't need to have the all-star roster, you know, on paper that they had this year. You just need to have enough of the right players, the, enough of the right pieces. And then yeah, have some, like, maybe you don't have, the ideal fourth line center of Thomas Nosek, but you know what? Maybe you substitute like a young, hungry 
you know, John Beecher or somebody like that or Mark McLaughlin. And like, so, and, and, and maybe you won't have the expectations going into next playoffs if they get there. And maybe that's just what they need. (laughs) Maybe that's why there's a, maybe that's why there's a commonality of these teams that have these big playoff mishaps. And then they come back next year because not only is there a chip in their shoulder, but no one's, no one has the expectations they had the year before. And I still hate the fact that the Bruins let expectations and outside noise get to them this year because Kim Neely pretty much said that a lot creeped into the room. I still hate that excuse, but you know what? If it's reality, it's reality, and, and it is what it is. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I would definitely – if Bergeron wants to come back, I guess if that's the question, like if Bergeron wants to come back like we talked about last week, of course, of course, welcome him back. And if he doesn't come back, well, then we'll have some options, and we'll talk about those later because Scott did write up a nice little article. But, uh, Bridget, yeah. any, any final thoughts on that? Um, Just that if you were like – if we're talking about running like a majority of it back and just assuming that Krejci isn't on there, but if Bergeron is, Pavel Zaka is a great center. Like, so first replacement comes from within with Zaka. We saw him playing center towards the end of the season in the playoffs a little bit, but I mean, for a majority of that season, he was a winger and he was able to pretty seamlessly transition. Um, And it's not that easy to, go from playing wing to being a team's number one center in the playoffs. So uh, I thought that with the small sample size that we saw, he's a very capable replacement on, as a second line center for Krejci, if that's what you need. 